0: Today in A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings us the finale to his Philippians series with a message he calls, The Race We Must Win.
1: You know, it's a funny thing. We have sort of a trend, I think, in children's sports, especially today. We give kids trophies for showing up. It's a participation trophy. Okay, newsflash. In the race of life, God wants us to win. He doesn't want us to just show up. It's not just about running. It's about winning. This is Day when the lost are found, this is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear the angels are seen. This is the day the day when life begins.
0: In his current series, Pastor Greg Laurie has been focusing on Paul's words in Philippians. While he was under house arrest, he wrote some of the most inspiring counsel on where to find happiness and joy. And as Pastor Greg presents the final message in his happiness series, we'll see Paul talks about the Christian life as a race. And much like a coach inspiring his runners, today on A New Beginning, we'll be inspired to run with purpose and intent so that we finish well.
1: You know, ever since I was a little kid, I've always wanted to be an athlete. (laughs) But the problem was I was never really good at any sport in particular. When I tell you I was the last one picked for the team, I'm not kidding, actually. But I did go out for football when I was in high school. I was a pretty fast runner. And so I went through all the training, and I even shaved my head, which was hard, because I had really cool surfer blonde hair. I had like a nice little wave that I would do this all the time you know. And to sacrifice that hair to be on the team I thought, well it's worth it. I'm going to be on the team. And I shave my head. And like literally the day after I'm called into the principal's office and they said, you can't be on the football team. I said, why not? They said, your grades are too low. Could you have told me that before I shaved my head? But you know one thing I was pretty good at was running. I could outrun most people. Uh, not long distance running though, sprinting was what I was better at. Whenever there would be a race I would be ahead of everyone. But of course I would quickly lose steam and then people would catch up with me and sometimes they would lap me and periodically turtles would pass me. But I was good with that initial burst of steam. Uh, but you know the Christian life is really a long distance run. And it's something we engage in each and every day. And you know there's a lot of people want to get out and run but a lot of people don't follow through. Even when, after they buy running shoes which are very expensive now by the way in case you haven't noticed. I read that 87% of those who buy running shoes never use them. 87%. Hey, check out these running shoes. Have you gone for a run? No, but I walked from my car to Starbucks. And I'm looking good, right? So, you know, that's how it is in real life. Now, I am not naturally the kind of guy that wants to go have a workout. That's the thing I want to get out of doing. It's so bad, I don't even like to jog my memory. It's, you know. But the last week, I I was at the gym, and I was stretching, and I was bending, and I was lifting, and I was just getting out of the car. That's what's so sad about that. But no, seriously, though, I, I go to the gym uh, seven days a week. I do, yeah. It's on the way to Krispy Kreme Donuts. Just I go by the gym, I should say. All right, well anyway. But you know, if you want to be a real athlete, you have to be committed. You have to work at it. I read that the average Olympic athlete works out four hours a day, 310 days a year, for six years to compete for the goal. And then once, if you are selected to be on the Olympic team, which is a great honor, of course... Uh, you know, you have to discipline yourself and a very important thing, you must play by the rules. You know, it's a funny thing. Uh, we have sort of a trend, I think, in children's sports, especially today, where they say, you know, we, we don't really keep tabs on who's winning because everyone's a winner. By the way, thats I don't think that's a good thing to do for kids because that's not the way it is in the real world, okay? We give kids... You know, trophies for showing up. It's a participation trophy. Okay, newsflash: In the race of life, God wants us to win. (laughs) He doesn't want us to just show up. It's not just about running, it's about winning. And you know when they say everyone's a winner? That's actually not true. Everyone is not a winner. There are losers in the race of life because they bail or they break the rules Well they don't finish what they've started. God wants us to win in this race. First Corinthians 9.24 it says, Remember in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the prize. So run in such a way that you will win. Every athlete practices self-control. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we're doing it for an eternal prize. So I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. Otherwise, after I have preached to others, I myself would be disqualified. And we could illustrate this with a lot of examples of athletes who maybe won an Olympic event, but it was found out later that, that they had been um, using steroids. Or in some other way they broke the rules and so they even had their gold medal taken from them on some occasions. Well anyway, we want to run this race of life and we want to run it well. So there are things that sort of slow us down in the race of life. Things that impede our progress. What are they? Let's go back now to Philippians 2 and look at verse 14 and 15. And I would point this out. Complaining and bickering can hinder us in running the race. Look at verse 14 and 15. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now when Paul uses the word complaining, a better way to translate it would be murmuring. So it's not a person who says, I don't like what's going on. It's more the person who's like this. I don't like what's going on. Do you like, do you like what's going on? I don't agree with that. Do you, do you agree with that? Don't you know they're always complaining? Sort of like Popeye. Remember Popeye? You ever watch a Popeye cartoon? He's always muttering. <laughs> what is he saying? No one knows, but he's muttering, right? That, that's the idea here. Heard a story of a man who decided to join a monastery and become a monk. And he had to take a vow of silence. And at the end of the year he would be allowed to appear before the head priest but he could only say two words. So after one year of being in this monastery the monk said, bed's hard. Another year passes. He meets a head priest and he says, food's cold. After the third year he comes before the head priest and he says, I quit. The head priest says, well it's no wonder. Since you've arrived you've done nothing but complain. <laughs> but people are like this. And then we are to also be blameless. Look at verse 15. Be blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. By the way the word blameless means to be unblameable. Unblameable. In other words, people can't blame us because... We don't do things wrong. It speaks of moral integrity manifesting itself externally. What about Daniel the prophet? He was such a godly man that when his enemies wanted to trip him up because they were jealous of his power and influence with the king. We read in Daniel 6.4, His enemies couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn because he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Trustworthy. We are to be blameless. And the second word that is used here is be harmless. And a better way to translate this would be inexperienced in evil. I like that. Inexperienced in evil. This is not a stupid person. This is not a naive person. This is a person who is simply not chosen to be experienced in evil. Uh, This is the person who maybe when The dirty joke is told, they don't get it. Uh, what? Oh, sorry, your mind isn't perverse like everybody else, right? So this is the idea.
0: You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Thanks for joining us today. And you know, as we run our race for Christ, there are things that can slow us down. Pastor Greg Laurie is warning us of these impediments and obstacles, the ones to avoid. It's a message called... The race we must win. Let's continue.
1: We are to be without fault, number three. It says in verse 15. This means no blemish or indication of disease. And you say, oh, Greg, you know, this is nice. You stand up there behind your pulpit and you tell us these things, you know, but I can't live at this level. And besides, God loves me and accepts me, so I don't have to live at that level. Hold on, that can be an excuse. Yes, God accepts you as you are, but did you know He doesn't want to leave you that way. See a lot of times in the name of God accepts me as I am we continue in a path of maybe sinfulness. Or we never grow spiritually and we just rationalize it by saying well God accepts me and loves me as I am. But God wants you to grow up spiritually. God wants you to become more like Jesus. And remember we already read in Philippians 2 it is God that works in you both to will and do of His good pleasure. God will not ask you to do anything. He will not give you the power to do. The calling of God is the enabling of God. Okay, so having said that, now let's shift gears and talk about this race we are to run. Very familiar words in verse 12 of Philippians three. Paul says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forward to the things that are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many of us are mature, have this mind, and if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. So I started with the idea of the race of life. We are all in this race. We need to run this race to win. We've got to play by the rules. But what principles do we learn here about running the race of life? If you're taking notes here's principle number one. You must be dissatisfied with where you presently are spiritually. You must be dissatisfied with where you presently are spiritually. Paul says in verse 12, It's not that I have attained or am already perfected. Another translation of verses 12 to 14 would go as follows. I'm not saying I have it all together or that I have it made, but I'm on my way reaching out for Christ who has wonderfully reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I have my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I am off And running, and I'm not turning back. You see, Paul was satisfied with Christ, but he wasn't satisfied with himself. So he's saying, I have a long ways to go. Do you realize that about yourself? Do you think you have a long ways to go? Or are you thinking, not me, man? I've arrived. Well, I'm sure you've made a lot of progress since you first believed, but. Oh my, it seems to me the more you know the Lord, the more you realize that you have a lot of changing to do. And if anyone could have thought that he had arrived, it would be the Apostle Paul. I mean, this is a man who has led countless people to Christ. He's established churches. He's written epistles. And yet he is saying, I have so much to learn and so far to go. Can you imagine a group of Christians sitting around with the Apostle Paul? Someone might say, well, you know what? God inspired me to share something with someone today. Another might say, the Lord led me to give the gospel to someone today. And Paul could say, well, God gave me inspired letters called epistles that make up half the Bible that will last forever. Oh, wow, okay, you win. (laughs) I don't think Paul would have ever said that, but I'm just saying for a point, think of the comparison. Someone could say, I heard God speak to me once. Another might say, well I sensed His presence as we were worshiping the other day. And Paul said, well actually I died. I went to heaven and then I came back from the dead to write more epistles. Oh by the way, did I mention I raised someone from the dead? I mean, who can top this guy? This guy was at the top of his game but yet he says, I am so far to go. And it is just a reminder that no matter how long you have known the Lord there is always room for growth. And I think one of the problems is we become satisfied with where we are. And one of the reasons that you might be self-satisfied is you are comparing your running with that of other Christians. See the other day I, I did a race with my grandchildren. They all wanted to race me. We want to race Papa. And uh, I thought, wow, this, I could lose today because a couple of them are getting older. But uh, we'll, we'll give it a go. So we picked a spot. My wife went a ways away, three feet. No, it's further. further. So we're all getting ready to run. And, and we take off. And, and I, I beat them. And, uh, and, you know, now, that's, so what? I beat a bunch of grandkids. You know, that's kind of sad. I should have let them win, but it was game on. Okay? But that's the point. I beat children in a race, okay. (laughs) So I can say, I'm pretty fast. Yeah, I beat old Christopher, he's four years old. (sighs) So what? Now if I would have raced against an athletic runner, I would have done horribly. So my point is simply this. If I'm comparing myself to people much weaker than me, I'll always seem like I'm doing better. But if I compare myself with other people who are really running well, I'll see, oh man, I have a long ways to go. And that's what will happen. Well, I'm not as bad as that guy. Try comparing yourself with someone that's doing well. See, that sense of self-satisfaction is not a good thing. Paul did not compare himself with others. He compared himself with himself. And with Jesus Christ, the plan here is progress, not perfection. We will never be perfect.
0: You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And today he's been sharing some important insight on having the right mindset as we run our race for Christ. And the good news is there's more to come as he expands this message again tomorrow. It's called The Race We Must Win. And it's the final instalment from his happiness series. Some great tips and important insight for all Christians. Hope you can join us same time tomorrow. So for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today get in touch with Vision Christian Store search The Race We Must Win at visionstore.org.au or call one 800 0 Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media To find out more about us go to vision.org.au